guys can uh, get your Bibles, if you got a Bible or a digital Bible, we're going to, I'm going to teach tonight, I'm going to pray in just a minute, um, and uh, I'll, I'll need your help a little bit tonight, this is, uh, I wish I could explain what it's sometimes like to preach a lot and speak a lot, but some, I'm very uh, particular, uh, if you knew my personality, and I'd like everything to fit and, and work, and I don't like to do redundant things and so many different things I could say right now, but um, I was struggling with this message, and once I got it, then I, I got a whole bunch of other things that came out of that for like the next few weeks, and anyway, um, this is really fresh, so it's kind of like, I knew what I was going to talk about, but I, I didn't even finish it all until a couple of hours ago, so it's pretty, it's pretty fresh, so I don't know how it'll come out, but I know it's timely. Um, I was thinking about, you know, so I'm going to talk about the manifestation gifts in just a little bit and uh, just teach on the nine different gifts, but I'm going to tell some stories and uh, it'll, it'll be um, a lot of meat tonight. So, um, and then we're going to pray at the end of the service and we're, I'm just basically, <clears throat> my purpose is to teach on the gifts so you understand them, be able to separate and distinguish them. And I'm going to do it kind of in um, more modern terms. I'm not going to give you a super intellectual definitions. I'm just going to give you like layman terms of what they're about so you can understand them. And then the other thing I want to do is I want to activate or reactivate people who know their gifts but you haven't used them in a while. It's very uh, easy, including myself, uh, to just kind of sit on your gift or not use certain gifts that you have, spe specifically the manifestation gifts. And... Um, and God needs those, and they need to be in operation in the church. And so, so some of this is to reactivate some of you. Some of it's to activate you in the first place. So you need to learn what they are and really, really learn how to use them in the first place. But I was thinking about when I was back in college just recently. Um, not recently in college, but recently I was thinking about when I was back in college. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, and I can remember um, when I, I was in the Midwest, I went to school in Oklahoma, and there'd be these uh, open fields, a lot of, a lot, and you could see, uh, from my dorm room, I could see rain coming from very far away, and as it would approach, you could just watch the rain move. Has anybody, everybody experienced like that? I can remember actually being, uh, at that age, a very young man, getting out into open field, and we would find the line where the rain was, and we would run ahead of the rain, and the rain would kind of chase us. Has anybody ever run ahead of the rain before? How many love the sound of rain? The sound of rain. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know if this would work, kind of this demonstration in this room, but, but just as kind of a demonstration of what it's like to run ahead of the rain. Now, nobody runs ahead of anything anymore. Just for you young people, running is when you go outside and your legs, they do that. They do that. So this, I'm not talking about a video game, running in the rain, okay? This is an actual activity that people did. But uh, <laughs> um, I just love the sound of rain and... I was just trying to think about what it would be like to hear the sound of rain, and 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 uh, I know that I have a rain, you know, app, you know, on my phone because we just like the different sounds of rain, and I carry that around. And sometimes when I travel, I'll use that to go to sleep. But but uh, the, this little this little idea came to my mind is if if uh, say back where Rodrigo and Brian are, if you guys started, don't start yet, but we're gonna do a little exercise to see what this works like. You're gonna start clapping at the back. Okay, you don't have to be in unison because I know it's two white boys in the back it could be hard. <laughs> You're going to start clapping, and then the next row, so like Chuck and Sharon, you'll start clapping like a few seconds later, and then the next row, you'll, and you keep clapping just so you know at the back, so you don't stop, and the next row doesn't stop, but each row, you know, consecutively, after about three or four seconds, I want you to begin to clap, and then we'll all be clapping at the end, so like three or four second intervals, you start clapping, the next row claps, the next row claps, everybody's clapping at the end, okay, you got that? All right, so... Rodrigo and Brian, why don't you just start, okay? Nobody else class with them, just listen. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. You can do it, Sharon. Next row, go ahead. Go ahead, nice and strong. Good, 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 come on. Good, good, nice and strong. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, that's the sound of rain. That's what rain is like, right? All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, I pray in Jesus' name that your rain would come on the house of God, that you would pour out your spirit again fresh on everybody. Lord, we, uh, we want to run with the rain. We want to be in the middle of the rain. We don't want to dodge raindrops. We want to be right in the middle of what you're going to say and what you're going to do and how you're going to speak to us, God. We ask that you like rain. 
you pour out your spirit. In Joel 2, it tells us that you pour out your spirit. In Acts chapter 2, you said you'd pour out your spirit. And I ask again that you would pour out your spirit afresh tonight. We ask for a fresh anointing, a fresh outpouring of the spirit. Come on, church, get in agreement with me. We want more of what you have for us, Lord. We're not going to resist the Holy Spirit, but accept and be open to what the Holy Spirit would say and what the Holy Spirit would do in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Let's say, pour out your rain on us, God. In Jesus' name. All right, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Why don't you stand to your feet while we read this? You guys are going to get active tonight because we're going to read a lot of the word, and, and I want to make sure that we're all participating. So I'm just going to read Romans 12, verse 1, and I'll read it, and you follow along, okay? It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, everybody say spiritual gifts. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, if you're reading from the King James or maybe the New King James Version, maybe NAS or something like that, the word gifts is italicized. Does anybody have that? It's an italicized uh, in your Bibles. Gift, when that word gifts is italicized, it means it wasn't uh, an exact word translation from the original language. In fact, it was very hard for that to be translated in English from the original manuscripts perfectly. And so they, they did their best they gave their best word to describe what it meant in the original language, and they put the word gifts there. So we're going to talk about the gifts. You may be seated. So it's hard sometimes to do that. And the word gifts in the Greek, thank you, Deej, it basically is a Greek word. It's kind of like two words, but it's the word pneumatica, pneumatica, P-N-E-U-M-A-T-I-C-A, -E pneumatica. We get the word pneuma from that. Some of you have heard that word, even in English. There are words like pneumonia, where there's a problem with our breath or with our lungs, or sometimes you get a, um, a pneumatic drill, which is kind of like a, an exercise with compressed air. And, and, but pneuma, in the Greek, it means wind, spirit, breath. Wind, spirit, or breath of God. And, and so sometimes we don't have the best English word to describe that, and so pneumatica is really a plural word that is translated uh, spiritual gifts. Another way to say spiritual gifts, and this is kind of, Lent. again, I'm trying to keep this simple, but it's, it's spiritual stuff. It's spiritualities. The gifts are like spiritual stuff, spiritualities, things that happen in the spirit. And so Paul's basically saying in this verse, things about the Holy Spirit, spiritual stuff, spiritualities, I would not have you be ignorant about spiritual things, spirituality, spiritual stuff. And, he's, and you might want to underline that word ignorant because we can sometimes be ignorant. There's an old proverb that says ignorance is bliss, but that's not true with regards to the gifts of the spirit. Ignorance is not bliss at all. In fact, Paul instructs us to know ignorance is not a pathway into the liberty of the spirit. Ignorance is not a pathway into the, the liberty of the spirit. In fact, ignorance is a barrier to the intelligent use of the scriptures and the receiving, therefore, of what the scriptures instructs us regarding the gifts of the spirit. Is everybody up for the late night snack right now? You still with me? Okay. So now I'm going to continue reading so we can't be ignorant. Verses 2 through 11 will begin eventually to unpack these nine gifts. I'm reading from the New King James Version. That's kind of my teaching Bible when I go deep. It says this. It says, you know that you were Gentiles. You were Gentiles. You're not. You were. It's talking to believers, okay? Carried away to these dumb idols. Now, dumb there doesn't mean duh. It means they don't speak. It means they don't speak. Idols that don't speak, wooden, you know, idols or, or, or you know, uh, graven images and things like that, okay? So, uh, however, you were led, or your Bible may say, um, in the King James, I think it says, swept away, or another way of saying that is swept off your feet uh, by uh, this ecstatic worship. These, you were swept off your feet by these stone and wooden idols. Um, that's what it's talking about there. It says, therefore, I may know to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So nobody can say Jesus is Lord unless the Holy Spirit allows that. It's a cool test, by the way, uh, that you can give to somebody if you ever need to. I've actually done that before in the mission field, uh, somebody that was demonized. 
there are, listen to this now, diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God who works in all. But the manifestation of the spirit, everybody say the manifestation of the spirit. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So this morning we talked about the motivational gifts, Romans 12. Ephesians 4 talks about the ministry gifts, which were given to us by Jesus. And now we're going to talk about the manifestation of the Spirit, these gifts, these, these power gifts. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Who's it for? Everybody. For to one is given, here they are, the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts. Notice the of healing. Gifts, plural, not gift. Gifts, plural, of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the discerning of spirits. Small s, by the way. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. But one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so all in Christ. Now, I'll just open up with a little story that some of you uh, who've been around a while in, in the charismatic environment or a Pentecostal environment, you probably have heard stories similar to this. But one time I had somebody, come, now as a pastor, I get a lot of... Um, Questions get a lot of different questions and some interesting questions sometimes and I've had some interesting experience so This this question I'm going to give you right now came from somebody But I actually had a similar experience as a young man But one time a young man came to me after a service and he said something to the effect that I went to another small group at another church pastor and And there was a girl there that that I think kind of liked me and her mother came over to me at the end of the small group And she said she had a word of prophecy for me and can you see what's coming here, everybody? And so she had a prophetic word for me, and she spoke this word over me, and she told me that the Lord revealed to her that I was to marry her daughter. Pastor D, what do you think about that? What do you think I should do with that? And I basically said, flee for the wrath to come. You know what I mean? Run for the hills is another way to say that. And he said, you don't think that was real? And, and I said, I didn't say that. I said, I know it's not. I know it's not. And here's why. It's because it was manipulative, because it was coercive, because it was controlling. And that's not the Holy Spirit that we see in the scriptures. The opposite of the reason God gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit is not to manipulate or control or to coerce us to our own selfish purposes. And I'm going to show you that as we go forward tonight. In fact, this is kind of interesting, um, and I don't have time to do this tonight because there's so much I want to unpack. But the, the fruit of the Spirit is uh, supposed to be in concert and synergy with the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, um, how do I say this? The gifts have to be used in the beautiful reality of the fruit of the Spirit. They are, the gifts are bathed in the fruit of the Spirit. They are to be used, in other words, the gifts of the Spirit are to be used, think about the fruit of the Spirit when I say, the gifts of the Spirit are to be used in a loving way, a kind way, a patient way, a, a, with self-control, not self-promotion, with goodness behind it. Do you understand what I'm saying? They are bathed, the gifts, as you use them and operate them, are bathed in the fruit of the Spirit. And you don't and cannot choose or should not choose to see them separately. You don't say, one person will say, I have the gifts of the Spirit and I have the fruit of the Spirit. No, they're supposed to, be, they're supposed to work together. They're supposed to work together. You are called to both in synergy. If you choose to use them separated, that will be to your detriment. And I've seen that happen many times with people. They use the gifts with, and they're not bathed or basked or under the character of the fruit of the Spirit. And they get in trouble. It creates division. It creates discord. It creates confusion, which the enemy is the author of confusion. And so we're actually supposed to offer the gifts of the Spirit. We don't hit people over the head with the gifts of the Spirit. It's quiet in here because you guys have got a bunch of stories and you're thinking different things or, or you just don't like what I'm saying. I don't know. But they, they flow together. They're part of the same life. This is good teaching whether you like it or not. But the damage, the point is, the damage that has been done uh, in the name of the gifts of the Spirit in the church of Jesus Christ is unbelievable. I've been a believer for a long time. I've been in ministry for over 22 years and I've seen a lot of stuff. 
And if there's something that I've seen that's caused a lot of damage, it's that we have, we have manipulated, controlled, misused, been misinformed about the use of the gifts. Uh, there was this guy... And he was an, uh, an evangelist, and he went to a church uh, in the United States, and he, he was invited. He was a guest, if you can imagine this, and he gets into the auditorium, and in the middle of the service, he points his finger at somebody, and he says, you have the spirit of homosexuality right in the middle of the service. And he says, you need to stand up, young man, and repent of that sin. And the young man says, I, I, I don't have that sin. I'm a heterosexual. That's not, that's not true. And then he says, now you've compounded it with a spirit of lying. Now, the pastor of that church had to escort that guest speaker out to his car, you know? And so you can imagine any new guest speakers that were invited back, how difficult it would be for them to come back in as a guest speaker, you know, after something like that. I can remember there was a, an evangelist that came here to this church many, many moons ago before I was the senior pastor, and uh, my dad was away. And this particular evangelist came in, and uh, don't get nervous, Art, but he pointed back to the sound man, and he said, you know what, I've never, I've never met a sound man or a sound technician that didn't wrestle with homosexuality. Just so you know, Art is happily married, so let's just get that out of the way, okay? <laughs> he says, I've never met one that didn't wrestle with homosexuality. He says that right in the middle of the service. Now, you can imagine the guy that, I would have cut the guy's mic off right there if I was the sound man, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> But, you know, but we had to run him out. We had to, we, had to, we had to tell him he couldn't come back again as well. These examples and many more like this sometimes cause people to determine to lock the gifts away. Just put them away. So we either go to this, this polarity, to so these extremes where we just anything goes and it's kind of crazy and somewhat chaotic and there's not order and, and yet there's not power. Or we go to the other side and we just lock them away because, because of the offenses of a few have bound up what can happen with the many. Is anybody tracking out there? And so these kind of stories, I could tell you so many of these, but they've iced the Holy Spirit's release. And the gifts of the Spirit, you might want to write this down, are the weapons for the army of the Lord. The gifts of the Spirit are the weapons for the army of the Lord. We're the army of the Lord. But if, if you were in an army... And I don't know a lot about all the different weapons today, but, but I'm familiar with what an M16 is. If you were in the army, and I'm sure with all the activity and all the wars that have been fought and all the soldiers that have been trained, there's bound to be one guy who accidentally, you know, shot his toe or something like that. And all, does anybody, you know, think there could be a possibility that in all the training and all the activities, one guy might have pulled his gun up and maybe shot his foot off, you know what I mean, shot a toe or hit, you know, his boot or something like that? My, my, my wife... <laughs> She'll be so mad at me. So I don't know if this is going to be recorded or not. But my wife's, grand, my wife's grandfather was shooting. He was shooting squirrels and accidentally got so excited he shot his foot. Shot his foot. I mean, anyway, I think that's funny. But she doesn't think it's funny. But I think it's funny. But, uh, um, but if something like that happened, you wouldn't confiscate all the M16s of every single soldier in every division or every branch of the military. You wouldn't do that. You wouldn't say, oh, this is unsafe. What happened here? We've got to take all those weapons, and we've just got to lock those away. Oh, and if that could happen with an M16, what could happen with uh, tanks? And what could happen with missiles? And before you know it, you have an army that is designed to do warfare that has no weapons because of the mistakes of a few. Does that make sense to anybody that's out there? And we've just locked them away. And so on one hand, somebody may do something wrong, but on the other hand, the condition of the church today is we're ill-equipped to face some of the things that we need to face. And it's illogical to overcompensate, even though we've seen some bad stuff. And I have. And I have. But I still believe. And we still need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So here's a question. Who, received, who can receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit? The answer is all of us. All of us are candidates, just like salvation. How do we receive, how do we get saved? By grace through faith. How do you receive the gifts of the Spirit? By grace through faith. It's the same way. And, and they don't belong to just special people. They don't belong to, to uh, you know, William Branham, if you know who he is. They don't belong to, you know, some of these Catherine Kuhlman alone. They don't belong to Billy Graham and T.D. Jakes and whoever you want to pull out of your hat. The, you know, they don't belong to just certain special people. They're for all of us. And if we're open and we're sensitive and we're yielded to how God wants to use them in everyday life, businesswoman, single mom, 
You know, an athlete on a team, a student, a politician. Yes, Lord, we'll take some more of that. Uh, anybody can be used by God and following the promptings of the Holy Spirit. So, so God wants you to know these gifts, have these gifts, so that, so that they can work through you for the good of all people around you. And he wants to do it, I don't know how to say this, but like in a sweet, unpretentious um, you know, uh, non-idolatrous, uh, call-attention-to-yourself way. It doesn't have to be, I'm using my gifts right now, thus saith the Lord. <laughs> you know? We had a woman one time in the middle of the church in, in, in a season when, uh, the, you know, where this was common, but she basically had a word from God, and she stood up, and she said, you know, the Lord doth say. I mean, like, who talks like that? Right? When did, have you talked like that last week, last month, last year? No, we never do that. And, you know, and then she, it was pretty funny. She goes, hmm, what doth the Lord say? And she sat back down. <laughs> so she was good enough not to step out ahead of God. But, uh, but sometimes we're, we're talking in a language and we're behaving in a way that it's not God. How do we receive the gifts of the Spirit? Again, I'm going to tell you uh, what you shouldn't do so you can understand what you should do. And Paul makes some strong points. I'm going to get to the nine gifts. Don't you worry. But remember, he says, he says this. Paul says this in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. He says, remember when you were just pagans. Now you say, well, I don't know if this relates to us. Well, here's what he means. Worship is not unique to any of us. Every person, every religion worships something. We, worship is not unique to us. Now, pagan worship, all right, just to put some flesh that out, believes that worship is a way by which we basically, we exit the natural. We leave kind of the natural order world, and we somehow enter into the supernatural realm, receive something from God or the gods or whatever, come some kind of prophetic thing, come down, and then give it to the people. That Pagans believe that. It's similar to what we as Christ followers believe. It's just the process and the who are completely different. And so they go from the natural to what they believe is the supernatural. Now, paganism, I'll just give you an example, but the Native Americans uh, were very, uh, uh, they practice this to this day. There's, there's a cult, it's called the peyote cult, or peyote cult, depending on how you say that, but basically they smoke pot, peyote, they smoke like, they smoke something that actually just kind of changes and alters their mood and their senses in some way, and then they get to a certain place, a certain high inside these tents, right? You guys seen some of this stuff, like, and we kind of joke about it. It's like Cheech and Chong in the car. It's kind of like that. I'm helping people catch up. Somebody's like, I don't know what you mean. Oh, Cheech and Chong, now I got it. Okay, so they're inside there, and there's just all this smoke, and they're getting high as a kite, and then basically they want a mind-altered state where they can receive something from the gods, some kind of word, some kind of get something like a prophecy. They come back down, and then they tell all the people, and sometimes there's other rituals that they do and rain dances and things like that. Anybody ever heard of the phrase whirling dervish? Anybody ever heard of that? All right, that actually is a cultic uh, statement. It actually comes from a cultic background, and, and basically it's a cult that believed that you whirl around real fast. You know, it's kind of like, uh, just giving you a modern example, it's like the baseball bat, okay? You know, everybody know what I'm talking about. Uh, nobody knows what I'm talking about? You know, you, do the, you never play that game until you threw up? Okay, well, these guys did this. This was their worship, okay? And they would just spin around and whirl around in a feverish pitch until they passed out on the floor, and then they would feel like they entered a super, they would feel like they entered a supernatural realm at that point, receive something from God, and then bring it to the people. And Paul is saying in the scripture, that's how pagans think about the access to the supernatural. And he says, you don't, you shouldn't live that way anymore. That's not how you should be. You don't mimic the ways of the world. You don't conform to the pattern of this world. You don't, have to be, you don't have to be led or swept away by some ecstatic coma, you know, some feverish Pentecostal thing to just kind of, you don't have to rev yourself up and get all in a lather. He's saying within this text, the gifts of the Spirit operate in real life, in a real life context. Not just behind the four walls of a church, three worship songs, then spontaneous worship, and then we just go into this little, then there's an exhortation, we read 12 scriptures, and we begin to pray. No, it doesn't have to have all that. I'm not saying it can't, I'm just saying it doesn't have to. Is anybody out there? So you don't have to check your brain at the door in order to enter the spirit-filled rooms. Mm, man, you missed it on that one. That was a good place for an amen. So... So we receive the gifts of the Spirit, and we operate, them in, we operate in them naturally, supernaturally. 
We receive the gifts of the Spirit, and we operate in them naturally, supernaturally. So what are the nine spiritual gifts? Now, they lump the nine spiritual gifts into three groups of three. Three groups of three. Sometimes different people give them different categorical names. Uh, I'm going to give you like two for each group of three. So the first group of three, I like to call think like God. Think like God. Some people call them the intuitive gifts, the intuitive gifts. Intuitive, some, some people find it offensive to call gifts of God intuitive, but it basically means, it simply means to sense something, to sense something. Is everybody with me? Okay? So think like God. The gifts that think like God are the word of knowledge, the word of, wis- the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. Now, the word of knowledge... It's, it's knowledge to which you have no natural or experiential access. And somehow or another, you simply come to know something that you just couldn't have known any other way. I know that definition is not short, but it makes sense and it's simple. It's knowledge to which you have no natural or experiential access. And somehow or another, you simply come to know something you couldn't have known any other way. It's really impossible for you to have known that. And I believe contemporary Christians miss opportunities to give God glory because we blow off the gifts of the Spirit as being something else than what it really was. So in other words, you're in a spirit-filled church whether you know that or not, and sometimes the gifts are operating and we're not recognizing them and giving glory to God for those gifts in operation. So how many of you have ever been uh, somewhere and you simply had a sense something was wrong with a relative, with, with maybe one of your children, and a sibling, or something like that? You just sensed it. You didn't know how you were knowing it, but you just kind of knew. Something just kind of swept over you. Something was just wrong. Has anybody ever had something like that happen to them? Look at all, like it's like everywhere. You've all had something like that. And now, now why do we insist on dismissing that as a hunch, Right? That's, that's a manifestation of the Spirit. God is giving you, he's giving you a word. He's giving you a word of knowledge about something. I knew a person who was driving to an appointment, and um, he suddenly had a shooting pain in his arm, really bad pain, like right around his elbow area. And the, his first reaction was, oh, my God, I'm having a heart attack. And then he goes, oh, that doesn't make sense. It's over here. And so it's just kind of weird. And so he starts praying, and then God says, to him, you know, they had kind of a, a simple, he says, there's nothing wrong with your arm. I want you to call your friend Bob. And so he's like, what? You know, and he keeps on driving. He kind of blows it off for a while. And, and that shooting pain is still there. It's still there. And so finally he pulls over and he just says, okay, you know, whatever. And he calls Bob just to make sure his friend Bob is okay. When he calls Bob, the wife picks up the phone and she's crying. And she says, Bob has just fallen and broken his arm. And so he begins to encourage her and then encourage him and pray for him and all that sort of thing. The ambulance is on his way. The whole See, sometimes we dismiss these things, but they're the gifts that are in operation to encourage people, to help people. And why can't that be a glory of God moment in the body of Christ versus a lucky guess or something like that? And so some people, just we just don't understand. What does it sound like, Pastor, to receive that kind of a thought, to receive that kind of idea? Why don't you just close your eyes for a second? Everybody just close your eyes and think, think this thought while you're closing your eyes, okay? Uh, you know, I want you to think this thought. Just think this, I should call Bob. Just think that thought, I should call Bob. Now open your eyes. That's what it sounds like. (laughs) Just like that. Got it? Everybody got that? It's not complicated, is it? (laughs) In other words, if you wait for the voice of Charlton Heston, okay, or Morgan Freeman, to come to you and just say, call Bob, you're going to be driving a long time. Okay, it's not going to work out like that. So sometimes you have to, you have to gain confidence through experience and, some, and sort things out a bit. And you begin to filter through your voice, God's voice, the bad taco that you ate. Or, you know, you're, you're in the spirit, in the flesh. Sometimes a mixture of the supernatural, the natural, or even carnality. Sometimes mixture of flesh and spirit. And you're filtering all through that. The Bible says in Philippians 2.5, it says, Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. I was looking up this particular verse from the J.B. Phillips translation in Corinthians. It says, those of us who are spiritually minded, we think the thoughts of Jesus. I was like, whoo. 
See, when you're spiritually minded, you literally, you literally bypass your noggin and you get, God's, you get God's mind. I don't want to even call it a brain because it's just it's another level. You know, I've actually been sitting in the airport at different times and, and, and just being still and just kind of quiet and relaxing. And, and, and it seems like in the last couple of years, I've spent more time in the airports. And, um, and I can hear, I feel like I hear God saying, you see that dude over there? Or do you see that girl over there sitting on the floor? I've had these impressions, you know, these sensings. I want you to go over there. I want you to talk to that person. I want you to go over there. And pray. I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. You know what I mean? I got... <laughs> Got to get on the flight, you know what I'm saying? Got to get on the flight, you know? I actually, this is a true story. I actually went over one time to a person. This wasn't very long ago, and I, and I just, you know, I was like, I just couldn't shake this thing, you know? I thought it was God. I thought it was God. And uh, this is not going to encourage you, but it's just, tr- just give you the vulnerability uh, and the tr- just what you have to go through sometimes. And I went over, and I just, hey, you know, how you doing? Is everything okay? You know, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I, this is going to seem a little bit weird, but I just, I wasn't sure if you were okay. And is, is it all right if I pray for you? And the person goes, no, you can't pray for me. And I'm like, oh, okay, 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 you know, and I kind of, I'll just pray over here for you, you know what I mean? Jesus loves you. It was just kind of a rough moment. And, uh, but I've also been sitting in a, in a meeting. One time I was, I can remember vividly being in a meeting with my wife. We were in a service, and it was a, it was a pretty dynamic service. Let's just say it that way. And I get this, like, prophecy, I think, this word you know, uh, or, or, word, or a word of wisdom or something. I wasn't sure exactly what it, what it was at the time. And so I'm like, am I supposed to stand up and utter this? I don't know the environment. I don't know the protocols and all that sort of thing. And so I just, I tell my wife, I, I go, honey, this is what God is showing me. And I just, I, I just reel this whole thing out. And she's like, you need, to get, you need to get down there. Somebody else is, is down there too. It looks like they're going to share something. You need to go down there. I said, but baby, I, this is not my church. This is not my, this is not my thing. She says, you just need to do it. If you think that's what God showed you, there's a reason for that. And so we kind of have an argument. And so I'm like, ah, and I sit on it for a long, long time. But I am sweating bullets. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm overcome with the burden of this particular weight of this word. So I finally, I'm talking, I waited a long time. I still don't feel peaceful. I get down to the, to the front, and there's like several people in front of me. And, and, the, and this particular preacher is asking them. I couldn't believe it. He's asking them to come up and share what God has just revealed to them. And you know what? Three people ahead of me, four people ahead of me. I'm not sure exactly what. This person gets up on the mic, and they share verbatim what I told my wife. And I went back to my seat. You know, and I just thought, oh, I just felt so grieved. The, the, the one side of it is, see, God, when you won't be used, he'll use somebody else. You know, he's going to get his word out. He's going to do what he's going to do. His sovereign plan will be fulfilled. I just want to be in the middle of it, don't you? And that's what I learned from that. It was very, very important to me to take that away. And so sometimes we, we miss these opportunities. Um, I heard a preacher who was sitting in a meeting, and he saw a couple. This was at um, an ARC conference. And he saw a couple a little bit further away, and, and he had this vision of this couple, and he said he saw Jesus kissing this man's wife on the forehead, like just kind of bending over and kissing her on the forehead. And he says, I want you to go tell that woman what, and, and that husband what I just showed you. And he says, God, I, I, can't, I can't do that. Like, no, no. That's just weird. Can you imagine me going over to this lady and just saying to this guy and this woman, you know, Jesus told me to tell you that he kissed your wife on the forehead. It's all good. It's all good, bro. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. So he blows it off. The service goes on. Service ends. He leaves. Kind of, it's sort of lifted, but he felt a little funky. He's like three stoplights away from the building, gets up to the stoplight, and this couple pulls up right beside him. He looks over, and he's like, Okay, God, fine, 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 fine. So he says, hey, 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 this is going to sound really weird, but can I talk to you for a second? I, I was at the meeting. Were you guys just at that meeting? And they said, yeah, 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 sure. You know, they kind of look at him kind of funny. Pull over, and he proceeds to talk to this couple. He says, it's going to sound really weird, but I just, I can't, I just, it's just crazy because I was supposed to, I felt like I was supposed to say something to you, and I didn't because it would sound so weird, and so you know, just take this how you want. I don't, I don't know how. He basically set it up, and then he just goes, in the meeting, I had a picture of Jesus coming over to your wife, to you, ma'am, and bending over and grabbing your face, and, like your forehead, and bending down and kissing you on the forehead. And as soon as he said that, she began to burst out into tears, threw herself into her husband's arms, grabbed him. He had to hold her up 
And, it, and he, he goes, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm sorry, I'm leaving. You know what I mean? He was totally freaked out. And the guy says, no, 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 no. Just wait for a second. Just wait for a second. He goes, you won't believe what you just said. You won't believe it. He said, six months ago, my wife was in a hurry, and she was on her way to run some errands, and she got in her minivan, and she backed out over our two-and-a-half-year-old child and killed our child. And she says, the day that that happened, the most vivid thing beyond that was, she said, I felt Jesus remove his affection from me, and she said with her own mouth, I'll never know his kiss again. Can you believe the power of the gifts of the Spirit? What if we don't obey what God would say to us? The next gift is the word of wisdom. Some way where the application of knowledge or revelation, the answer comes to you by supernatural means. You get the application of knowledge. You get a revelation knowledge about something by supernatural means. This is not always something that is extremely flamboyant, but it, it, this is one I actually operate in a lot. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm, not, I'm saying it's a gift, so I'm not even taking credit for it. But there's just times where I get wisdom, supernatural wisdom and insight in something. I actually expect God to give it to me. So if I can just give you a little bit of the activity. When somebody, can, this, because of the position that I'm in, um, wisdom is, is uh, required at, let's just say, an abnormal or, or a, diff, a different level than some people. Because people go to you instead of going to God, which I need to do better at steering them this way. But there's times where you just... You you have an anointing for something. So when people come, I don't know the answers, like most of the time. And I just say, you know, I'm, 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 sometimes I'm praying in the spirit under my breath. Sometimes I'm talking to the Holy Spirit in my mind. And I'm just saying, God, I need your wisdom. Give me heavenly wisdom. Don't give me information. Give me insight into what's happening here. Bam, it just drops stuff. And then I'll say something to people and they'll just... You know, and sometimes you can just see it. it hits. It just hits. It's supernatural, a word of wisdom. And I think we often don't recognize it or give credit for it. I think, it, I don't know, this, I'm dating myself a little bit, but how many, you know, used to uh, watch the Andy Griffin Show? Anybody watch the Andy Griffin Show? Remember Barney Fife, right? God rest his soul. Everybody, Barney Fife, right? So a lot of times Andy and Barney Fife would be having a conversation. They're trying to figure out something, figure out a problem, and Barney Fife is talking, and all of a sudden he says something, and Andy will say, that's it, Aunt. that's it, Barney, that's it, Barney, that's brilliant. And then Barney would be like, what, what, what? He has no idea what he said, but it was, that's the answer, that's the answer. I think that's what the word of wisdom, attitude and mindset is like. In other words, it's not like, this is the answer, you should do that. Like, we're just talking, seeking God, asking for wisdom, and all of a sudden we say something, and bam, that's the answer. Does that make sense? It's a different, uh, just trying to get you to see the fruit of the Spirit and how it works with the gift of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. That's how it comes. And so sometimes we try to lace up the gifts, pretty up the gifts, put makeup on the gifts. There's a natural and supernatural beauty to the gifts all by themselves. They do not need our help. They don't need our props. They don't need our fancy uh, tri trimmings. They don't need that. We try to make something seem more spiritual than it is, and it messes things up. Here's the next gift, the discerning of spirits. I think we need this. Are you guys getting something out of this? Everybody okay? Okay. I think we need this one big time, especially in a modern church, in, a, in the church that we have today. And um, I don't know. We need to, This one, I'm going to give you kind of a modern side of this, okay? We basically need the discerning of spirits to know what's weird and what's not, you know? And, and we need to know, I have a friend, he called, when he says weird, he uses, he uses the word wonky. We need to know what is wonky, like just a little bit. That's a weird word, but it's funny to me. You know, it's just a wonky. And uh, we need to know if something's on, something's off. Like the, the, it's like an umpire, you know? Is, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it a strike or is it a foul ball? We need to know that. And there are things that are happening in Christianity today, certain uh, uh, let's just say uh, hot buttons and fads and, and trends sometimes. And we need to know whether we should be on board with, on that train or make sure we stay off that train. And we need the discerning of spirits for that, if that makes sense. And so uh, this, is, this, is a, this is a pretty strong gift in my family. I'm just telling you the ones, there's a lot of them I don't have strong. But um, some, people don't, some people have the discernment of a doorknob. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and you need to get around people who have that because, you know, I know one person says, I got the discernment of a doorknob, you know, and, and I've made so many mistakes in leadership and decision making, and my wife can see it clear as a bell. 
She's looking at this person, and she knows right. She sees 666 right on the person's forehead. You know what I mean? It's like, how can you not see? How can you not see? You know, but she can see it, but he can't see that. And so some people are really strong, and it will protect you and others. Now, here's the next grouping. The next grouping is act like God. So we have, we have, we have, uh, we have uh, think like God. Now we have act like God. Or another way to call this is just the power gifts. Those are the intuitive gifts. These are the power gifts, the working of miracles, uh, faith, and the gift of healing. Gifts of healing. Now, the working of miracles, uh, one translator calls the working of miracles, this is kind of a cool translation, the focus of God's power. The focus of power. The working of miracles is like, it's like the Holy Spirit, all his power goes into a magnifying glass and is put on a specific situation and on a specific person with all its power. Does that make sense? It's just, it's an extraordinary, miraculous focus of power. And, 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 and we need it. We need it. And it sometimes, uh, ch- it, ch- it obviously changes things for the better. And that gift is needed in tremendous ways. Now, I studied um, different, um, you know, people who were used in the manifestation gifts. When I was in college, there was this uh, uh, series that I did. And I used to, buy, I bought all these videos uh, by, by this guy, Robert Slairdon, and he did what was the study on God's generals. And one of the generals of the faith that I studied was named Catherine Kuhlman. Anybody ever remember Catherine Kuhlman? She used to come out and she'd have like, I don't even know what all that stuff was, but she would just, you know, kind of prance. She was a little different. She was a little bit eccentric. And when she talked, her hands would do this. And I got to stop it. I feel really awkward. And, and so, but... She was known as a healing evangelist, but, but when I look at her gifts, really, she was used in the working of miracles. If you go online and you, you, you listen to and watch Catherine Coleman, one of the things that she was, she was known for is, first of all, there would be an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to move created by her worship attitude and her mindset and her expectation. It was just a lot of things that preceded the working of miracles, but she would actually just like... At any given moment, she would just speak right out to the crowd. She'd say, you, man, with the orange shirt, you know, and the the blue jacket on, God is healing you right now. And then there would be this focus of power that would go right to that person, and and she would call out a miracle. She's saying, you're receiving your hearing. You're receiving your sight. My father was in a meeting where Catherine Coleman was speaking, and, and he heard a man who was blind his whole life receive his sight right behind him in a Catherine Coleman meeting when she brought the focus of power, the working of miracles, to that situation. How many know we need that? And this is a rare and powerful gift, and I pray in Jesus' name that, and we're going to pray tonight, that it would increase and return again into our midst because we live in a secularized, humanistic, scientific culture, and there is no argument for an authentic miracle of God. None. Period. End of story. Here's the next gift, the gift of faith. It's interesting that there is the fruit of faith and also the gift of faith. So, so is it the gift, is it the, you know, is it the fruit, uh, fruit or is it a gift? My answer to that is yes. Yes, it's both. It's both. But they're different in that the gift of faith is, it's that moment when there is, this is my raw definition, there's no way to duplicate it. There's no way to counterfeit it. It's where you know from God, irrespective of what you can see and feel and taste and experience, it's, it's not circumstantial. It's not generated. It's not confessed, okay? You just know that you know that you know. It's with a certainty the outcome. The gift of faith is like that. Does that make sense to anybody out there? And, 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 and it's just as if you heard it. It's just as if you saw it with your own eyes. It's just as if you tasted and smelled it. It's, the, it's, it's as real to you as that. That kind of, that's what the gift of faith is like. Something happens inside that person, and when that happens, there's a rest inside them. There's a rest. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. The gift of faith, just it's as if it's already happened. It's just, I already saw it. 
I have complete certainty about it. How many know that would be a blessing to have the gift of faith in operation in the church when you're going through difficult times? In Acts chapter 17, I think in verse 22, the apostle Paul was on a ship. And basically, the gift of faith was activated in him in that, in that situation. And the ship was going to go down. And he said, basically, he said, don't, don't worry. Don't be dismayed. The ship's going to go down. But none of you will die. Not one of you. All of you will be saved. How many know I'd like to get a word like that when you're on a ship? It's going to... Right? The gift of faith. And he was right. That's exactly what happened. And I pray and release that gift in Jesus' name. Amen? Here's the gifts of healing. The next one is the gifts of healing. This means there are more than, than one way, because it's gifts, healing can come. It's plural. And I believe in the supernatural gifts of healing where you lay hands on someone and pray for someone that they may be restored. Psalm 103 talks about that. You know, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name who forgives all our sins and heals all our diseases. You know, the Bible tells us to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The Bible says, by his stripes, Isaiah 53, 5, and by his stripes we were and we are healed, 1 Peter 2, 24. And so we believe in the laying on of hands. That's one of the, the gifts of healing. And I can remember as a young man um, in college, again, I had a lot of experiences in college. Thank you, Jesus. I'm still here today. But I went through, a, I had a car accident, and I actually went through a windshield of a uh, Honda uh, Prelude. It was a sweet car. I was borrowing my friend's car, just borrowed it, only had it an hour. Oh, it was such a bummer. I was more concerned about that than anything else. But, uh, and basically, I went through the windshield, and, and all the glass everywhere. There's so much to the story I could tell you, but I believe that an angel actually came and comforted me because there was nobody anywhere. And I remember seeing this white thing come over to me and wrapped its arms around me and was whispering in my ear. My blood was pouring all over this white being of some sort. And they're whispering to me, you're going to be fine, you're going to be fine, you're going to be fine. And then, and then I remember waking up for a brief moment in the ambulance, and then I remember waking up at the hospital. And uh, they had shown me pictures later on of, of just the destruction of the car and the glass that had been splattered everywhere. And, uh, and basically, this doctor, I had a spirit-filled doctor who worked on me, a tongue-talking doctor. And so the testimony was that while they were you know, fixing me up and, and stitching me up and cleaning me up, this doctor was praying in tongues while that he was, while he was uh, ministering to me and, 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 and bandaging me and all these different things. And within 24 hours, I had no scar. No, my face is as beautiful as ever. Praise the Lord. It's gotten better since, but but there was no damage. My face went through a windshield. My head, I, my head. I had a little bitty scar right here, but it went away very quickly. And I only have one scar. I caught, there's a scar on my shoulder that I actually kind of treasure in a way because it reminds me of what God did for me and how He saved me. And I, and you may say, well, I don't want somebody tongue talker, you know, praying in tongues, working on me. I'll tell you what, I'd rather have that than a doctor who was sipping martinis the night before, <laughs> trusting in a different spirit than the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. It's amazing how sometimes Pentecostals and Charismatics and different people, we just, we want to dismiss certain things. We don't really, we don't really see the, the, the value of it. Some, sometimes Pentecostals and Charismatic leaders, they have issues with counseling. This is something I've heard. You don't have to know this or, or maybe you haven't experienced this, but I've heard that over a lot of years because we're trusting in, you know, counseling. We need to just trust in the Holy Spirit. And I'm thinking in my head when they're saying that, you need counseling. <laughs> but I can tell you what, a wise and anointed counselor using their gifts is an instrument of God's healing. And all those gifts, when I'm counseling, I rely on the gifts of the Spirit to help me in counseling. I do not, I try not to. I can't say I always have, but I try not to rely on my own knowledge and wisdom, but to rely on the Holy Spirit. Amen? So the gifts of healing, faith, miracles, those are the, and then the next category, one more. You guys hanging on? Yes. All right. Speak like God. This is the next grouping of three. Speak like God, or you could call these the utterance gifts, the utterance gifts. And the Bible refers to these as the gift of various kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues. This is where some people get messed up. They're separate. Various kinds of tongues, the interpretation of tongues, and then prophecy. Now, the various kinds of tongues, these are supernatural tongues that come from or by the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we refer to this at Connect as spirit baptism. It comes again by grace through faith. It's a wonderful gift. And I think that the Holy Spirit, just I'll say this a little bit about the, 
the baptism of the Holy Spirit gets an extremely, extremely bad rap. I wish I could talk. We talk about this a little bit in, in 201, and I've done a whole message on this in a Holy Spirit series online if you want to listen to it and just kind of debunk all the myths about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the person and work and gifts of the Holy Spirit are not just one thing, tongues. It's not just one thing. There's a whole bunch of other things. Jesus talked about the Holy Spirit from John chapter 14 all the way to John chapter 17. He emphasized the importance of the advocate, the helper, coming alongside us to help us in this life. We need the Holy Spirit. And so we don't have to have them. We're not a second-class citizen if we don't have the gifts of the Spirit. But Jesus is the one that makes this right. But the Holy Spirit helps us with all the stuff that's happening down here in this crazy nuts world. That's what that's kind of all about. But I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a really young man. Uh, I was saved probably around four or five years old. And I was baptized in the Holy Spirit around six or seven years old. I was baptized in water, when, believer's baptism, when I was eight years old. So you don't have to do it all in perfect order. Order, but you want to be saved. And then I received spirit baptism before water baptism. And when I first got my, my we call it our heavenly language or our prayer language, I just got a few words. You say, well, why didn't you get the whole language? Because I was a child. It's just like a child. You have children. You don't know that you don't have your whole vocabulary or your whole dialect. And I used to say these words. I'll just tell them to you. I used to say that God gave me this thing, shunda basiki quate yes, shunda basiki quate. And I'd say that over and over again. It sounds kind of Spanish, but it's but it's not. And I would say that over and over and over again. And man, I felt so blessed when I would pray in that language. I it's like I know some people that just say ala la la baba ala la baba, and and they 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 believe by faith. They've received their prayer language. I'm looking that and saying, you know, they don't have much. But there, on the other, hand, on the other side of it, saying, I'm so, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? It just depends on your posture and your disposition and the condition of your heart. But God will speak to a child. A child says words with joy and with wonder. And they may get a few things wrong. And we have to have that childlikeness as we receive and express our language to God. And that heavenly language bypasses this. It goes from spirit to spirit. And that's the benefit. You pray in the spirit when you don't know what to pray. You pray in the spirit when you don't know what to say. And then as you begin to pray, and as I grew as a believer, I began to get like rivers of living water, other expressions or other words or other vocabulary as I began to use it. And if you don't use it, you can, in fact, lose it. But here's a little secret. You'll never speak in tongues until you speak. It's really tricky. It's really tricky. If you wait for God to reach down your throat and do a tonsillectomy and pull something out of you, it's never going to happen. You have to, you have to speak out. You have to, your heart and your mouth have to cooperate with each other. One person said, I don't know if it's me or the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes. I understand. When I preach, let me just ask you this question. Is, is it PD preaching or the Holy Spirit speaking through me? Yes. It's both sometimes. It's both sometimes. If, but I could come up here and I could stand up here and I could say, you know, I could think. Let's just say, Lord, if you, if you want me to deliver this word, you know, if you want me to deliver this word, you know, bring it forth. Yeah, it's going to be a frustrating night, isn't it? It's going to be really frustrating. I have to cooperate with the word that God has put in my heart. You have to cooperate with the deposit of God's spirit that he's put in your heart as well. Amen? So when we pray, you got to cooperate with God. Receive the Holy Spirit. Don't worry about what it sounds like, whether it's right or whether it's wrong. That all gets worked out just like it did in your, your language that you speak primarily now. Oh, it's better, than, it's better than good. It's really good. All right, interpretation of tongues. It's the interpretation, by the way, not translation. I confused that for a long time. Interpretation of tongues is actually the equivalent of prophecy. It's just a different, a different way that it comes forth. A lot of times it's, it's done in a believer's environment, but it can, it can affect a pre-believer or a non-believer that's there. I remember the first time after receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit that God told me on the way to a meeting that I was, there was going to be a tongue, and I was, I was going to interpret the tongue. As soon as I heard that, I f began to sweat because I'd never done anything like that before, and I was freaking out. 
okay? I wasn't like excited about it, which is actually not a totally bad disposition. I'd rather be on this side of the equation than, man, I can't wait to get the mic. Does anybody understand? So just so you know, if you had a journey one way, come this way, then the other side, promise you, things will go a lot better for you. And so I, I, he told me, you're going to interpret this. And, and, and I can remember being in the meeting, and the pastor preached, and the, wor- the worship came, and then the pastor preached, and then there was an altar call. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe, you know, this is the one time I'm really glad I missed God. You know what I'm saying? I was really happy that I miss God. And so the altar call, and then he, he, he gets ready to bring the benediction, and I'm like, praise the Lord. And then out of the aisle, just forgive my frankness, this little short fat man pops out of the aisle. Just never forget that. He was as round as he was. He was as wide as he was tall and really, really short. And, and he began to speak in tongues. And I'm like, stop him, Lord. You know, in the name of Jesus, stop, shut his mouth in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, please. You know, and he just went, and he just went, he just went. And when he was done, the, 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 there was just this long pause because I'm supposed to interpret. And the pastor in wisdom says something to the effect like, we're just going to wait for the interpretation. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm thinking we're going to be here till Jesus comes back because I ain't, I ain't getting nothing. I ain't getting nothing. So then I start asking God. I start asking God, you know, well, he said this, and I'm like, I don't get, I'm not seeing anything. You know, I thought it was like, you know, how are you? Como esta? You know, I thought it was good, bien. It wasn't that way. It's an interpretation of what he said. And, and all of a sudden, I just, God, help me. And when I said, God, help me, I got the sentence, you know. He's declaring the wonderful works of, I can't remember the whole prophecy, but I remember this. He's declaring the wonderful works of God. And so I said it right out. I said, this man has begun to declare the wonderful works of God. And as soon as I said that, boom, another sentence came. And I said that. And as soon as I said that, boom, another sentence came. And that's how it happened. Does that make sense? So it's interpretation of tongues. And, and people have interpreted, I know, other languages, sometimes uh, word for word, not necessarily word for word, perfect. In fact, I've heard people interpret somebody's tongue. They were speaking in an earthly tongue that they never spoke in. I know a person that spoke in Hebrew in this building. I know another person when I was in the mission field that spoke in Spanish. It wasn't a Spanish. Uh, this person didn't speak Spanish. And, and the other people, when they heard what they were saying and the interpretation, they had the gall to say, do you know they didn't get that quite right? I mean, it was close, but it wasn't quite right. You can't, you know, their grammar was horrible. And I wanted to be like, are you alive Like, that's what makes it authentic. That's what makes it so real. They never, did you know what just happened? Oh, you know, they they didn't get it. Like, that's amazing. They finally tuned in. But but see, God, how could God give them that and it not be perfect? God is perfect, but the receiver is not perfect. Okay? And that's what makes it so awesome is to work that out, that process. All right? Then there's like tongues for prayer. Paul said, I pray with my mind and I pray with my spirit. This is for personal edification, to build yourself up. Uh, finally, there, th- this final one is prophecy. And the worship team can come up now. The final one is prophecy. Now, I saved this one for last, kind of on purpose. But a word of prophecy doesn't have to sound like a word of prophecy. Sometimes we go Old Testament on people. Do you know what I mean by that? Anybody read some Old Testament and you're just like, whoa, you know? And so we live in the New Testament. Can I have an amen out there? And so here's what I mean. You don't need to tidy up the Holy Ghost. You don't have to change your voice, your dialect, your style. You don't have to quiver, shake, yell, speaking King James. Don't fake it till you make it, all that stuff. Just be you, be you. There are two kinds of prophecy, okay? Here's the first one. The first kind of prophecy is the telling, the foretelling, or telling the future. This is, this is a really important point I'm going to make, but I need to tell you something. In the Old Testament, you know what we did with prophets, false prophets? We stoned them. <laughs> now, I'm not saying we go back to that, okay? So don't misinterpret what I'm saying. But if a few people said something false that wasn't true and they got stoned, it would clear up a lot of the funny business in the body of Christ today that's going around there. I think that's funny. You guys don't think that's funny. But, but we actually had one time, and I've learned, basically, people who operate in that gift, who come from the outside in, that my job is to protect the sheep. 
and, and, and people bring it. I don't know where their hands have been. I don't know where their head is at. I don't know what river they're flowing in. And so sometimes, so that's why we bring in friends. That's why people have relationship. We have confidence in them and in their gift. So, but we, there were times we had people come in. And one time in this auditorium, a, a, a prophet came in and he spoke doom and gloom about what was going to be happening in this church and in this area in the next 12 months. It was horrible. He went against everything that I had told him to do and everything that I told him to say. And let me tell you something. I learned my lesson on that. That guy hasn't been back. And I'm very careful about the kind of people you bring in because you can't go quoting God. The Bible says, be careful not to add into any words to the Lord lest he prove you a liar. I hate that particular uh, point, but it's a strong one. But if we, if there were piles of stones on the front lawn of the church from prophets that were stoned, people wouldn't jump up to prophesy so quick. You know, they'd say, thus saith the Lord. You know, look out the window, see the pile of stones. Go, never mind, never mind. I'm going to sit back down again. You know what I mean? I'll think it over. I'll mull it over. So God is saying basically in his word, you better, you better know that you've heard from God when he's talking about this thing. And, so, and sometimes we, we think of things like taking the Lord's name in vain is really serious, right? And I, and I think it is serious. So don't misinterpret what I'm saying there. But I just learned recently that to take the Lord's name in vain doesn't mean don't curse doesn't mean don't say a swear. It actually means basically that you're, it means you're taking God's name for personal vanity or for purposes of personal vanity, you're using the name of Jesus. That's what it means. So a lot of times we're doing something to call attention to ourselves for personal vanity. That's what it means to take the Lord's name in vain. And we need to be careful about that. Here's the second point on prophecy. That the, the, another part of it is, it's that moment, and this is a lay, I'm just trying to spell it out how it might come out, but a prophecy is that moment when someone speaks something that resonates with the hearers and the people think or feel, that is truth. That's truth. That's truth. There's a voice behind that voice and it's saying, that's the way, walk ye in it. You, are you guys getting me out there? And how many times have you experienced that in a small group or right here in this auditorium and God is speaking to you and you're saying it's something different, it's a moment and you're like, that is truth to me, that's prophecy, God is speaking to you, it's a prophetic utterance for you. And sometimes there's moments in a service or a sermon and there's a moment where it resonates, it's a word from God. One time I was preaching, I was right here, and I was preaching, and, and, and this has happened to me, but I don't always do this, but I was preaching, and I pulled away. I pulled away and I was like, yes, or, 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 or that's it. And you know what happened? The same time you were receiving the word, I was receiving the word. And I was like, oh, yes, that's truth. So the, so the prophetic can come through a person to somebody else. It can come through a person to them, to them. And so have you ever had those moments when you're, when you're doing something, you're going somewhere, and you hear a voice, and it's saying, do this or don't do that or go this way or don't go that way? You know, sometimes God will be speaking to you. God will be speaking to you. Amen? Amen? You get something out of that? I could talk for so many hours about this, but I'm just going to move forward. So why don't we do this? This is what I want to do. If you witness to what I'm saying and you want to walk in the gifts of the Spirit, I want you to come down front. We're going to worship for a little bit. I'm going to set this up, and then we're going to worship. And we're going to go like 15 minutes, and then we're out of here, okay? But I believe God can do a lot in a very short period of time to people who are hungry and receptive to what God's going to do. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray as soon as you get down here. And we're going to worship this next song, and then I'll interrupt. Remember that sound of rain that I was talking about at the beginning? Let's pray for some more of that rain, amen? You know, we have, we have some amazing stuff that God is doing in our church, but some amazing stuff that he wants to do. And, it's, and it's, it's in these kind of moments, if I could just charge you, it's in these kind of moments where we, we I don't know how to say it, don't miss it. Like, don't miss it. Get in on it. Get in on it. Get in on it. It's like these upper room times, you know. There's, there's a big crowd that gets here on a Sunday, but I can tell you what, this is what I love right here. I love these intimate times where God does something. It could be a still small voice. It could just be a small crowd. And God just ignites something great in a few people, and it just spreads. It's contagion. It's contagion. It's not just 
the crowd that God's trying to reach. It's the church that God's trying to reach. Amen? Let's just close our eyes, and I want you to raise your hands and just, let's just ask God for his rain to be poured out upon us. Lord, we, would you, would you open our ears to hear the sound of rain again, God? We hear the sound of rain. God, I want you to, I want you to flood every person that's in this room with just rivers of joy, with, with like, like an ointment that comes over them, that, that liquid love, that lava of the Holy Spirit, that just pour out your rain upon the people, God, here tonight. Maybe it's been a long time. Maybe it's been a while since you've had a breakthrough with God. Tonight is your night to break through. Persist, pursue. Increase your, your, your desire and by pursuing Him. If you want Him, pursue Him. Do something you haven't done and, and stretch in a way that you haven't stretched before. And say something you haven't said before. And confess something you haven't confessed before. And open up in a way you haven't opened up before. It's there that God will pour out His rain and His Spirit upon you. And He'll show you that it's not going to be by might or by power your own strength which is going to be by the Spirit, by the reign of God, the Spirit and the reign, interchangeable, interchangeable. And I want to encourage you right now to begin to open your mouth. Just begin to open your mouth and begin to praise God. If you, if you speak English, speak in English, praising the Lord. If you speak in Portuguese, speak in Portuguese, praising the Lord. In Spanish, whatever your language is, begin to declare your love for God. Tell Him how much you love Him. Come on, break free. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, God. I declare my, my, my surrender to you again. I want, you, I want your, your spirit to move in my life. I don't want to be the same as I was yesterday or even this morning. I want to go to new heights in the Holy Ghost. I want to see your gifts in operation in my life. I want to be involved in the activity of the sovereign plan of God here in this area, in my marriage, in my family, and beyond the family of God, in this community at large, God, I pray that you would spark in me a revival, a revival in my heart, so you can be a revival in my area, God. Rain of God, pour down on your children. Rain of God, pour down on this dry and weary land, this parched, this parched people that is thirsty. And they don't even know that which they thirst for. But it's the rain. It's the rain. It's the rain of God. Let it rain, God. Let it rain, God. 